Welcome to Street Fight Radio. I am Brian. I am here, and I have a co-host that even if you have not heard him on the POD cast or blocked party, you're going to love him because uh, he is like a lot of you. I have Canadian Vancouver comedian, which, wow, that's surprising for me since like everybody I co-host with is from Vancouver. It is Ryan Williams. What's up, dude? What's up? What's up? With the Vancouver, Ohio connection, I wish I could name. Uh, there's probably a great hockey reference for that, but I'm not the biggest hockey fan, so I apologize. <laughs> we, uh, sure. uh, I well, I co-host the POD cast with John. Chris James is, you know, on all over this feed, and and we do shots over <laughs> together and stuff. And I'm just like, like, uh, like next year, I'm going to try to travel more and collaborate with people. And I was like, well. I got to go to Vancouver and people are like, why the fuck you going to Vancouver and not like LA in New York? And I'm like, well, I also plan to go to LA and New York, but Vancouver seems like the place that makes the most sense for me. It's, it's so funny. Uh, all of these, the, these people like yourself that, uh, because of Stefan, John and Chris James are just drawn to the city that, which not a lot of people, uh, I would not be considered an entertainment hub. A lot of movies are shot here, but yeah. That's but that's because it looks like a place that it looks like a city that that is in the United States, you know, like that's why the movies are shot there. <laughs> yeah. But if you know what Vancouver looks like, it's jarring. When There's a famous I think uh, Rumble in the Bronx has a famous scene where Jackie Chan is fighting on a rooftop and you see the beautiful mountains in the background. Yeah. Those classic <laughs> Manhattan mountains. I did. I remember that. And people would like goof on it, but it's like, I mean, come on, man. I mean, most people don't go to New York in their fucking life anyway. So, I mean, you could, <laughs> I mean, you could have fucking told me there were mountains in New York like 10 years ago when I'd have been like, damn, I didn't know they had mountains there. Like I, Crazy. I, yeah, I, I, you could have told me anything before I toured, you know, me and me and Brett would tour and we did hit up most of the major cities in the United States. And uh, now I I can separate them in my mind, but shit, you know, I, I would have never, I, I would have never caught that there were mountains, not mountains in the Bronx for yeah. a long time of my life. I wonder how much how different uh, hip hop would be if there was there was like more mountain references like in the <laughs> Wu-Tang Clan and like the invention of hip hop. Um, but uh, yeah, Vancouver. There's another. Uh, my I I'm I'm a I'm a big uh, recently sober guy into positivity. So one oh, of the no. great things about Vancouver is it it rains a lot. But to twist that into positivity, because of all the filming here, every time it rains, a C-list celebrity is really depressed, and that makes me happy. <laughs> I I think the thing about Vancouver that I get excited about and John's always telling me don't fuck around with it don't do this uh is that like I know some activists there that are oh, like that are like uh uh well uh, okay Garth Mullins he does a podcast called the Crackdown podcast about like legalizing heroin and stuff and that there's like i told john i was like i heard there's like a really good area of town that's like an open air drug market and he was like that's not i wouldn't call that a good area of town yeah it's it's becoming the uh the right wing 
kind of talking point in uh, in the country right now because uh, American cities as well. The opioid addiction, the opioid crisis is like in every city. Homelessness is in, in every city and worse than it has been in, in a long time. And there's an area in Vancouver called the downtown east side, which is the it's 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 really intense. The but the what has happened recently is it's it's gotten more violent. It's been a very 20, 10 years ago, I would describe it as the free zone from like the show The Wire. Yeah. It was just kind of the, a lot Amsterdam. of people. Yeah, it was a lot of people struggling with stuff. Um, now, unfortunately, there's like uh, really violent incidents happening. So that's obviously like a, a right wing talking point to get more money uh, for the police. We just had like a, a super right wing mayor uh, get elected, pouring more money into the the police and stuff. It's uh, it's and Vancouver is uh, up. It's one of the most unaffordable cities in the Western world. That's up there with New York and and London. England, it's it's really crazy. You see like Lamborghinis and then just like the most horrific poverty you'll ever see on the same street because Hastings <laughs> Street, which is part of the downtown east side, connects to one of the major highways in Canada. It's a, it's a bizarre situation. But there's lots Chicago. of laughs to be had. <laughs> it's Canada, Chicago. Really? Because I do mm. hear... Because I've told I've I've told this story. My dad, when he talks about Canada, says that like all the cities are really clean and very nice. And then like I think that's because he's not like media savvy. So he doesn't I don't think he understands like that there's like a bunch of different types of people in Canada. And I think that he thinks it's like the guys from Strange Brew or SCTV. <laughs> like he thinks it's just like a bunch of comedians. He own I I've said this to John too. He would probably honestly be thrilled that I'm talking to somebody who had the Have you been on Laugh Attack on Sirius, the Canadian comedy channel? Yeah. Oh, oh buddy, I'm a Laugh Attack regular. <laughs> Yeah, my dad would be fucking amped to know that I'm talking to you right now. He would go fucking nuts. He listens to it all the time. In 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 Ohio, he doesn't like stand up. He doesn't even fucking listen to American stand up or keep up with American stand up. He only cares about Canadian stand up. So I, sometimes I'll tell him like, "Yeah, I I I uh, am working with uh, John Cullen." And he was like, "I know that guy." Because he's on <laughs> Laugh Attack. And I'm I like, know the spin so why do class I, bit from Laugh Attack. <laughs> why do I feel like you're more impressed with me because I work with Canadians than like what I've been able to figure out for myself? That's so funny. People people like when you when you don't live somewhere, you can always pick and choose things to I know it's like a gross word, but uh like fetishize seems like a little strong, but but you know what I mean? Like Kevin Smith is, he's like yeah. known for, he like loves, Ken and he went to school here for like six months at a Vancouver film school and he famously dropped out and then used the rest yeah. of his money he had for school to make, make his movies. But he, he's like, smart he, though. That was a yeah. smart move for him though. You know, you got to give him credit, man. Yeah. The district nine guy graduated the district nine guy. And then I think, one of the producers or writers of Mad Men. I think those are the two alum, big alumni that finished finished school there. But people bring like Timbits. We have this thing, Tim Hortons, which is oh, we have a, it here. A, a, a yeah, Ohio thing. 
Oh, damn. I knew it was Buffalo. When the Bills, the Buffalo Bills were playing last year, a playoff game, they were giving out uh, chicken stock in, uh, in Tim's cups on the sidelines. And it was very hard not to, to root for it. But Tim Hortons is a really fucked company. It's named after a hockey player who died in a horrific drunk driving accident. Um, yeah, I had no idea. <laughs> yeah, he died in a horrific. He was high on pills and drunk. It was like a very tra- traumatizing incident. Trigger warning. He was high. He cut, I think, his own head off. But the the car, the crash was that bad. And he, w- I think, he got the car from the coffee company, if I remember, that he started. Well, they put because okay, we have the Columbus Blue Jackets, and they are mm-hmm. sponsored by Tim Hortons. Tim Hortons is like their main sponsor. <laughs> There's literally a Tim Hortons in the place. I did an episode of Blocked Party. I, I'm sure people can find it. I, I talked about getting blocked by Hulk Hogan, mm-hmm. and um, they so you can look up Brian versus Hulk Hogan or whatever. And uh, my top three was most depressing fast food restaurants like to, that like inside that make you feel bad and tim hortons was one of my it's like tim hortons panera and five guys are the most i just it just i feel like advert like it's an adversarial place to be first of all tim hortons is like a fucking library is yes. the vibe i get from it it's like going to a library which it, it's some like that in america like, as well yeah, yeah. Some that's people crazy. are like libraries are nice, and I'm like, wait, that's not the vibe I want when I go somewhere. No, it's like, uh, like there's libraries in theory, and then libraries in practice. And Tim Hortons is a library in practice. is is very much what it is. Um, there's a lot of Bad people. Oh, yeah, there's one thing I I'll be. It's very close to my day job, so I do. There's a thing called the Farmers Wrap. And then uh, I uh, I order uh, a cold brew. Tim Hortons has cold brew now, and they'll give it to yeah. you with oat milk. And then all the workers call me pussies. In uh, I, that's what I wanted to get to now. I I've had I had to bring you on because I listened to your album. Mm-hmm. It is a uh, uh, what is it? Labor manual, manual labor, labor of, of love. love. Spelt the Canadian way. Your dad would love it with a U in labor. The listeners of this show would fucking love it a lot of it's about being on a a construction site and uh, i needed to get you on because you know uh i don't think i've ever had somebody on here that did actual that or does manual (laughs) labor i was like the so like the way it worked with me and brett was was that he did a lot of like boiler room call call center places and mm-hmm. i did the manual labor I, was, I worked for the cable company for seven years and i worked uh as a roofer for three months and i worked in a uh, uh factory building car doors for four days i don't even know why i bring that one up. no four day to- jobs stick with you mentally there's a couple <laughs> of uh there's a couple of short-term jobs that i still have dreams about <laughs> I think four day jobs are the ones that you're like, fuck, man, I can't <laughs> like that was because I, I I've talked about this on here before. But and and you're you might not have this same complex as I do. Um, I don't like hard hats and I don't I feel like I, I don't want to look like a dork and <laughs> hard hats to me look so dorky i'm not trying to be anti-working class i'm just trying to say you look like a dork when you wear a hard hat 
Now, Brian, and, uh, Brian, are you familiar with the act of taking the inside of your hard hat out, taking the shell, turning it around so you're wearing a backwards hard hat? Now you're cool. It's the backwards oh. hat of safety. They made fun of me. Okay, so I wouldn't wear my hard hat when I was roofing. It, like I had to get yelled at all the time to put it on. And, and I've told this story, uh, and it reminds me of, of, of some of the stories in your thing, in your stand-up special, because he goes, uh, uh, my manager is like, he didn't, the foreman didn't really care that much about the mm -hmm. hard hat. The foreman on the roof. But yeah. the manager that is from the office really cares about the hard hat. Because if OSHA comes by and catches me not wearing the hard hat, the whole company gets fined for it. Uh, so nobody on the roof that I worked with wore a hard hat unless somebody showed up and we had to put it on. But I don't know why. But the, the guy from the office was visiting the job site all the fucking time. I don't... Mm. It, there were several job sites. I don't know why he was coming to this one other than... Uh, my foreman and his lead guy were uh, always drunk and high. <laughs> They're kind of checking on them, but I mean, they I don't, I don't want to be anti-working class, but uh, there's like two cheap punchlines uh, that I can, you can go to, and usually they involve drywallers or roofers. I used to have a job, and it was hunting for roof roofer piss because. Uh, <laughs> If if there wasn't a crane, if there wasn't a porta potty craned up to the roofers, which is like something that that should be done. Sometimes their bathroom breaks. You know, you have to go down six or seven flights of stairs to take a piss. So uh, how you uh, get around that is uh, you you piss in a a Gatorade bottle is usually pretty standard if you're pissing in bottles. Uh, a five ninety, yeah, one of the uh, you're drinking uh, for the listeners. <laughs> <laughs> Brian just took a swig of a Gatorade Zero, I believe, orange. Uh, that big would be a round, very deep... round top. Yeah, open, cool, like big. It that's yeah. a good one to piss in. Uh, a lot of times, the four liter, uh, like you would know them as milk jugs, um, but we they like the water jugs, empty water jugs would be full of roofer piss. And you would kind of have to, I would be have to hunt for uh, because sometimes you know you the last thing you want on a uh, a $10 million build is the piss bottle to get insulated over and then covered up in drywall. And then 10 years, you know, maybe the, the plastic deteriorates from the acidity of the piss. And then you got a, you got a piss stain inside your wall. So I, uh, I was a, I was a piss cop for uh, on a four day job. I was, I was an alcoholic at the time. I just didn't show up one day and I was off the force had to turn in my gun and badge was no I longer a piss fired. cop. I got fired at the 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 uh four day job. I didn't get fired. They fucking were like, I was there for four days, and they're like, you can't keep doing this. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, I don't think I'm gonna last here. If there's a thing I'm doing that I can't keep doing already, which was coming in, <laughs> yeah, which was coming in ten minutes late, so that I didn't have to do calisthenics because they made people do calisthenics at this mm, job like stretches yep. and jumping yep. jacks and shit like that like because it was a, it was a japanese company yeah they're all big, about that and it i didn't want to do it 
I just felt like a goof exercising with a bunch of guys at work. And you could tell everybody else in that factory felt like a goof too. I was just yeah. the one that was like, I'll show up 10 minutes late. <laughs> Do you, and then can I, they won't know. Can I, can I interrupt to say something? Uh, that uh, for the Canadian listeners and or people that know, do you know the the story how we use that word that you just used? Calisthenics or goof? goof. Okay, know? what is it? Yeah, because I use it constantly. <laughs> In Canada, goof is like for Indigenous people and white people, like worse than the N word. You you could get stabbed for calling someone a goof. <laughs> Oh, because goof well, me goof means child molester in jail. Oh, see what the reason <laughs> I use it. I'll explain why I use it. That's crazy. No, I know I know what the word means because we we consume America, and you know it's good. Like you know we have we have Disney up here. We know we all watch the Goofy movie. We did not go into it expecting that. It's like a it's a hardcore type of dude that would use that world. But if you that word, but if you ever hear you fucking goof. Like trouble is a brewing. Well, it <laughs> trouble was, is a it, brewing. It, for me, it's the shock jock thing. All those guys I listened to, they called it goofing on people. Howard Stern <laughs> called yeah. it goofing on people. And I listened to so much of that stuff for my job and shit that I yeah. just have picked up goof. My phone uh, <laughs> autocorrects good to goof. And it's like, come on. Sometimes <laughs> I want to type good. Um, but... But yeah, they, I came in 10 minutes. I'm, I'm, so what they're doing is what my job was at this place. It was the fucking shittiest thing in the world. They sprayed these foam pieces of the car door with some adhesive. And then we had to pick them up off of a, off of that thing and put them on a rack. That was like my whole fucking job. They always mm. in any warehouse I ever worked in, they gave me the dumbest, actually every manual labor job I've ever had. They gave me the dumb guy job because they made me a safety monitor at uh, uh, the roofing company because I was so bad at everything. They were like, yeah, why don't you just stand there and make sure nobody falls off the roof? <laughs> <laughs> this is my whole job. It's fucking, I worked as a roofer from November to fucking February. And uh, so I'm up on these fucking, and it was industrial roofing. I'm up on these fucking high rise buildings and not moving. Because yeah, they were oh like, just God. watch, you know, make sure nobody falls. And there's nothing I could do if they fell anyway. It was really yeah. just me saying, you got to tie off. You got to tie off. You got to tie off. And and then I didn't even do that. Because honestly, if one of those guys had fallen off the roof, I'd have been like, oh, well, that was your your fault is probably how I would have re reacted to that at that time. <laughs> Roofers but, are notorious for that. That's the... I think like um, just because when I was a, a huge alcoholic, I was working as a for a temp agency for construction. It's a a rough way to earn a living. Manpower, yeah. uh, just like yeah, just show up. Like usually, it's because they don't have enough uh, employees to offset it with small tasks, and sometimes it's because they don't have specific machine tickets. I have a few tickets. I'm gross. I'm not grossly incompetent, but I'm mildly incompetent. <laughs> uh, for sure. Um, but sometimes what they'll do is they'll get temps and beat the fuck out of them. So then their employees aren't, their bodies aren't all fucked up. 
So sometimes it's a lot of material moving and stuff, but I've been in so many safety orientations because of this, because you're on different job sites all the time, but residential roofers, I imagine it's similar in America. Most of like the really serious injuries are like two story, three story house builds where roofers aren't tying off because it's such a pain in the ass. And usually you have like a shitty boss who's uh, like trying to get around like safety stuff, like just get it done, just get it done, just get it done. How common was not tying off on these industrial builds? I'm very curious. On the industrial buildings, the thing was, it was like, I wouldn't, I don't, I think it would make a would have made an impression on me if I had carried out my duties at the job. Mm. But instead, I just fucking was like, hey, okay, whatever. Because I everybody is I mean, and you you kind of get I got this vibe from you, too, in in, in your in your special in, in your album that like you are the one at the job site that the, the guys like make fun of or think that like hey we got this guy i mean back when i was doing it it was basically they would just call you gay all the time but like now that they probably still do that to tell you the truth but it was like i was the guy on the job site that was like a problem that probably shouldn't have been there and mm, like didn't i've been care. that person yeah, yeah i just i i i I don't know. I've talked about this in the past, but I'm sure you kind of have the same thing where, where like you have this thing where you're like, you're doing comedy and that's what you want to be doing. And then you're doing this thing and they don't, a lot of the people on the job site don't get why you would like want to be like, like why do you go perform for seven people? And it's like, well, because that's part of the fucking job or like yeah. how does it feel they're worried about like bombing and stuff like that and you're the person at the job site also that's funny but they don't think you're funny and they think oh, another yeah. guy's funny that like quotes bill and ted's excellent adventures <laughs> <laughs> i i've had it both ways i've been the funny guy at work and then it's usually i'm not the funny guy because i'm so fucking tired um, basically my life is, uh, less so now I've, I'm in a different type of manual labor job, but, uh, basically what my life was, was get up at five 30 to six 15, sometimes six 30, uh, go transit. I didn't have a vehicle transit to a job site, do eight and a half hours of, uh, of manual labor transit or commute with a coworker back home, uh, take a very ill-advised nap where I wake up just <laughs> with a headache after, do two open mics, maybe a book show and an open mic. I think one time I got five sets in a night, um, I, I which in Vancouver is a lot. If any of your listeners are familiar with New York comedy or, or Toronto comedy, that, you know, five is, 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 you know, re realistic, a thing that happens quite frequently, yeah. then get about five hours of sleep hung over and then do it again. So I was like, Wednesday, Wednesday, Thursday, I'm definitely a grouch on the site. I'm not the funny guy. When I was the funniest guy is kind of before I started stand up. And when I was working up North uh, for the American listeners working up, <laughs> it's just like a phrase you use in Canada. It's like, Oh, you know, working up North, 
It means working remotely in a work camp where you live in a camp type situation and then you go to your site. There's a certain parallel uh, that cuts across Canada. If you live above that, the government gives you a living allowance per daily. Uh, you're not paying to be in the camp. You're paid quite well. And they usually, it's like working, it's like old school. It's like how back in the day, like the coal miners and stuff would do it. But usually you're treated pretty okay. Um, like catered lunches, catered breakfasts and, and stuff. And then you go to work. And that was, I, I was, people, I did, the first time I did 45 minutes of stand up was in the, uh, in a gym uh, for 20 guys I was working with because they found out later that I was doing stand up on my days off. I'd work 20 days up north, get flown into Vancouver for seven days, do as many spots as I could, and then, and then fly back. Um, I, I actually, that's funny because I do kind of have a, we do have a little bit in common in that, like, uh, I worked at this, I, at the roofing company, my foreman, his, him and his wife were like having a rough time, you know, mm -hmm. maybe heading towards divorce. Maybe not. I don't, re I don't know. I never checked in on them later. Um, but, uh, there were these jobs in Middletown, Ohio, which is, I, an hour away from Columbus where I live and it's not a bustling metropolis or anything like I live in, you know, a mid-sized city and I live in the city and uh, I like the uh, convenience of, of being in the city instead of in the suburbs. And uh, so this dude, this my foreman was like, if you got any out of town jobs, I'll take them every time. But he was my fucking foreman. So I had to fucking go every time. And we oh, would spend fuck. four to five days in Middletown, Ohio, which was like, there's nothing there in the same hotel with, with, with a, the adjoining door. So and he, would, <laughs> he would be like, dude, you got to leave your door unlocked is what he would say to us. So he could come in and like talk to us and shit like that. He, he'd be like, yeah, you, you know, you just got to leave your door unlocked. But what ended up happening was like there were there was me and one guy sharing a room and then there was me and, and then there was him and um, two guys sharing a room. But they were buddies. They were good friends. And, and you know, they didn't they didn't necessarily want to hang around with me anyway. You know, I brought a guitar because I was trying to be a rock and roll guy at the time. <laughs> They definitely ripped guitar. on you behind your back. Oh, no. Oh, what's he think he's going to be in stained or something? Like, <laughs> it definitely been some. But they would fucking stop on the way. They So they had uh, a per diem, $20. Mm -hmm. It was just 20 bucks a day to eat. But they used that money to buy a 24-pack of beer. <laughs> and drank it that night they did it every day they bought a 24 pack every day and every fucking night two of them would get into a fight and they would start <laughs> screaming at each other and they'd come in my room and be like fucking raj is being a fucking asshole man and then so i i had to chase a guy down once and and he he jumped in the work truck 
Oh I'm fucking God. going home. I'm going home. And he was like really drunk. So we're like running down the street while he drives like five miles an hour in a oh fucking work God. truck. Like, stop, stop. It was so fucking miserable. And That's I was fucked. just like, please send me home. Please. I, I had just started dating, you know, my, what, who's now my wife. And I'm just gone four days a week with these fucking <laughs> drunk, insane lunatics. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure that's what the camp is like. Too. No, 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 not at all. Because everyone knows how bad these situations are. So I would say 99.999% of them are what we would call dry camps, where you can be even, oh. uh, yeah, there's not a drop of alcohol in the place uh, if you bring some up. And they're usually, you're being flown in, uh, like you go to a major airport, and then they fly you to a very small airstrip in like smaller northern towns. And then you take a chartered flight to an airstrip in the, the wherever the, you know, the fucking middle of nowhere. And the pilot, is, it was weird. Like when you have a pilot that's like so young, like a pilot that was born after 9 11, and you're just <laughs> like, hey, just so you know, man, things can get pretty fucking crazy up there. So fucking pay attention, please. <laughs> These, I mean, that these is, planes aren't a joke, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> that fucking that is a wild. That is fucking crazy. That like they fly you up and they charter jets and it's so well. It pays jet is well. Whoa, no, no, uh, no, airplane. Sorry, airplane. You can see the propellers. You know what no, I mean? Like no, when you're I, on the ground, you see the propellers. Uh, yeah, there is. There, we're not flying. We're not flying like rappers uh, by no. any means. And like one time. This, uh, I, you're like at these really remote airports that do kind of function as airports. And like, it's just so like, uh, yeah, they're just, where, where are you going? Okay. You're going to put this color tag on your bag. Let's go. And then like bag spilling. And then you're just on, you're walking on the tarmac. So you can just see like the bags fall over everywhere. And then people are like, Hey, Hey, turn around, bring the car around a bag spill. <laughs> like it's it's really tense it's and people the turnaround what they do is they fly out employees and then pick up a bunch of them uh they fly in employees and then pick up a bunch of employees that are on their days off um it's what do you when you're th when you're there the whole thing is like trying to make it bearable um, yeah that's what i was gonna say what do you what do you do when you're not working it's crazy it's so crazy. It's so Canadian. A lot of them will have their food and then go in their rooms and then turn on Discovery Canada and then watch other people do jobs for a living. <laughs> Ice road truckers. And Ice road truckers. Uh, we have like a gold show where people mine for gold. I think uh, oh, deadliest I, catch I, and all that shit. I watch that stuff on tour all the time. Like I. I like for some reason. Now I don't like it as much anymore. Uh partly because I hate the guy that that is the host, but dirty jobs, I was like way fucking into. <laughs> um but I hate that guy now because he's yeah. just uh, he's like a libertarian dipshit that like yeah. has never worked a real day Mike in Rowe. his life. Yeah. yeah, he would just go pretend to work and now people are like he's one of the hardest working men in the world. It's like no. No, he's he's but, getting he he's in fucking what's it what's it called in America? He's in fucking SAG. He's getting SAG rates for these fucking. It's not like he he started as an apprentice making 
I don't know what minimum, like 14 bucks an hour and worked his way. He was getting SAG rates to do these jobs. Making more than the the, the people that own the business the, that did the job. Exactly. You know? He was the voice of the ultimate fighter at the same time. Like that was his side gig. A roofer's side. But I liked all that shit, you mm. know? Like I, I liked watching people work once I didn't do it anymore. Yes. I don't know how people that do it watch it because I mean I could sit down and watch Deadliest Catch now and be yeah. like this is this is pretty interesting you know these guys are, are like Gold Rush or any of those shows I'm like wow this is kind of interesting but back then I just was like I was fanatical about it in a way I loved seeing people work but now I I I it's also hard to watch it now because like i know the politics of absolutely you know where you're just like yeah. this is the guy that owns the business it's not like an he's actual worker yeah, yeah yeah he's got to be the worst guy it's but all it's all bullshit too it's all made up there's a comedian in vancouver um and his, his he's got family in the gold business and they were like approached to be on the show and everyone in the gold business like hates the a couple of the people like in the show it's like, like it's all you, you know it's reality tv like we're 20 yeah. years into reality tv at this point we know it's like it's set up and stuff i read an actual reality like big brother the show big brother but in the situation you were living in and hotel living would fucking rule like we took yeah. 12 laborers and stuck them in one house and tribal what? council is, is just whoever gets the fuck beaten out of them at night. That'd be a yeah. great show. God, I just remember like those guys would like, I remember my foreman got so drunk. He was crying in my room <laughs> at one point <laughs> and I'm fucking sitting there like, what the fuck am I supposed to do? I was so because I, I don't know if you had this. I, and I've talked about this a lot on, on Street Fight it, it, over the years. And there was, there was this thing where, like, you're doing manual labor. That's your job. That's kind of probably you feel your lot in life. Mm -hmm. But the dream, like, what was your, what, other than comedian or, or entertainer, <laughs> right? Like, what is your job that, like, are you, like, thinking, I want to I want a desk because that's what uh, I always felt like if I got a desk, I'd be able to do that for the rest of my life. When I, uh, cease that I'm, I'm very bad at being online. Uh, this is my shameless plug manual labor of love available on all, uh, wherever you stream, wherever streaming gets your music. But I, uh, I tried to film a special and I tried to D DIY and there, I had a million problems. So now it's just getting cut up and I'll post it on all the socials and shit. But I'm very bad at being online. And one thing that will make me <laughs> irrationally angry is like working in the piss and rain and then like huddling somewhere and like, oh, let's get some dopamine from the phone here, some dopamine to the dome and pull up Twitter and like a viral tweet about like, I'm pretty sure this meeting could have been an email. I'm like, fuck you. <laughs> fuck you. You don't know how fucking good you have it. Fuck you. I you're just like anything where i don't have because that was the cable company was almost the most perfect thing mm. i could do in good manual like, labor is 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 a great way to earn a living to be honest i i do stand by it like good union uh 
jobs and stuff like you, you know that's a great way my dad that's my dad was a, a lineman um which is like one of the it's more dangerous than cops yeah, like, yeah, and, yeah. and surprisingly my dad gets in a lot of trouble if he kills unarmed uh civilians <laughs> he gets in so much trouble um and he was a lineman in british columbia for about 20 years so british columbia is mountains and rivers and all this crazy fucking shit so he would fly out of helicopters in these white suits and have like 20,000 volts. When I was working up north, I was working as like a ground worker for linemen. Um, but yeah, union job, IBEW. He's a big fan of the Dropkick Murphys because they played a show for IBEW in, I think, Wisconsin one time. We went to a show together in Vancouver. It was hilarious. Um, Damn, I could have got him into this show like five years ago. He, he would have probably loved it when we were having all those union people call in and stuff. He would have loved that it's it, yeah. Just now that it's just me, it's like, uh, well, I don't know, whatever anybody wants to talk about. But yeah. but like, I, I agree. I, I think that the thing that, that maybe bugs me about the online, specifically maybe the it, this would be the online left, where I agree that there is a, a satisfaction i've i've talked about the satisfaction i had working because i worked in a call center for fucking a year and a half before i went to the cable company and uh i was in that call center because they gave me a fucking desk it was literally just like i sit in a chair and i don't have to get up all day and i can just surf the internet all day and that was mm -hmm. like kind of what the job was but i started to like really fucking hate it because it was like there was nothing to it in a in a way it was kind of like the calls are always just going to keep coming i'm never <laughs> you're not completing anything yeah i'm not gonna fix anything ever and like that to me was like a bummer so i applied for the cable company because I mean, give me a fucking work van. I drive to eight places and fix or install cable and then I'm done. And that's my whole fucking day. And, and, and I really, really fucking was like, this is so lucky. The only reason I left is because of, uh, me being <laughs> who I am. Like they mm -hmm. would I, literally, the only reason I left the cable company is because I was an insane person. And like, <laughs> I thought. You know, I think I thought my manager, I definitely thought my manager was uh, sabotaging me. Mm. And uh, I think I just didn't want to go to work anymore. That's what ended up happening. And so I, I, I quit and I went to college. But like, I, re I see people talk on Twitter about like the, the noble, the noble linemen. And it's like, <laughs> guys, uh, most of them, Hate would you. love a desk <laughs> yeah hate you and would really like a desk they would like to just do what you do all day like yeah. i it's hard for me to believe that there aren't like roofers that like if i said hey do you want to trade jobs with me <laughs> like 90 percent of roofers would would definitely trade jobs with me <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, um, it, roofing is one of the roofing and drywalling are just some of the physically hardest jobs. Um, there's not a lot of tricks. Like there's certain things where once you get good at something, you have tricks to, you know, make, it's always going to be the same amount of weight you're lifting. And, you know, it's tough work. I think with certain jobs, like you just get into a leadership position 
um, a very a type because of what I've been trying to promote my album as. It's it's also not just like fucking. It ain't fucking no. Larry the Cable guy. Like I am. But everybody listening to the show will listen to it because they like to hear people talk about work. Of course, yeah. I was because I never. My thing was I never talked about my fucking day job. I didn't really talk about much in my life until about seven years in, and then I was able to like you just get good at what stand up is, and then you're able to explain what you're doing and why it's funny. Whereas all these funny things were happening b- before then, but I was like finally able to like art. I was able to articulate it. Uh, well, some of the listeners right now are like, not very funny right now, but um, I, uh, I, yeah, it's, um, so I would never talk about it and stuff, but I'm getting a lot of, sorry, what the point I was trying to make was I'm getting a lot of targeted humor, like construction humor, like video ads and stuff. And there's a specific brand of humor that's like just ripping on the foreman, like foreman yeah, jokes I and how that. lazy foremans are and stuff. But that is the end goal to show people. My dad really wanted to, uh, he had a health issue, but before that he really wanted to get into safety instruction. You know, people uh, who have worked for a long time, you know, when, when you start to be in your, in your 50s and 60s, um, maybe even late 40s, you transition into different roles where you can teach and mm-hmm. stuff. And that's, that's a good thing. Sometimes it can be dark. Their uh, manual labor can sometimes beat the shit out of people's bodies. And then they're on disability and disability, depending, is low everywhere. But in Canada, it's, it's brutal. If you live in a major city, you, it's, it, it's tough. So it can be dark as well. I originally, in school, I wanted to be a fucking, uh, it was secret dream was lawyer and then teacher was the plan B. And then I also wanted to, I knew I wouldn't be raw, like last a long time, but I wanted to go to a CFL training camp as a player. That was like my dream. And it's so irrational. I'm only 5'10". I'm a small guy for the position I was playing. And like, it was a very um, irrational dream. And then uh, I started getting, uh, I got placed in academic probation in the arts. And then I had like a full on mental breakdown and then worked at a golf course and then was doing stand up. Yeah. Do you golf course ain't a bad job. I uh, I've a dishwasher though in the uh clubhouse. And also I had my eyebrow pierced and uh I was painting my <laughs> fingernails black and uh the golfers hated me. Like very much hated me. They said please stay in the back. I had to get I got told <laughs> to stay, stay in, the back in the back so that they didn't have to look at me. And it was That's just so like so funny. Oh, Okay. I do want to say though, like I, I started podcasting in maybe 2006, I think maybe like very early. And the show I was doing was, uh, something maybe closer to, to like Opie and Anthony or something like that, where it was like edge, edge Lord stuff. And, and, you know, (laughs) I just trying to, I just trying to shock and shit like that. But then like, I start, I, I, I did another show where it gradually was like finding my voice, but like, I didn't, I don't think I've, I, I started to succeed until I started talking about, cause comedians are kind of like told like, well, if people think you have a day job, then they're not going to buy into you as a comedian. And that is just the worst way to look at that stuff because yeah, people, I'm anti that a hundred percent. Yeah, because if people think you have a day job, then they will look at you like like 
oh, you're kind of like me, you know? You and you can turn into a weird fucking freak like Seinfeld, who's just this <laughs> like he has to overanalyze every situation because his his any other thing in his life is completely fucking unrelatable. When you're fucking bang, when you never have to worry about money, that's like the co the common uh, yeah. denominator for like eighty percent of the population. And then it became that thing where like I I I didn't think that there was a place in the world of of like entertainment or podcasting for the kind of show this show turned into, mm. and found it. I, I just couldn't believe that like once we started talking about work and having the call-in show where the callers call in and talk about work and about our work history and shit like that, I was completely fucking shocked that that like people were really into it. But this show took off when that mm -hmm. happened, when I was, you know, and it was also the same thing of like, I don't I don't know what kind of place you're from, but I am from uh, uh a weird a place that nobody's ever heard of that is kind of close to the city but not really and like um i was really like nervous for people to think i was some kind of a redneck or something like that i and had that once, for sure yeah and then because you don't if you're talking about manual labor you think people are going to be like this guy Larry the cable guy, that kind yeah. of thing. And you're like, well, if I I that's not what I am. And everybody has to have a job. So like I My say, uh, go for it. Like if you have I and now there's a bunch of podcasts out there that that do talk about work and and talk about that stuff. But like uh I have never heard a a stand-up album or even a stand-up set that that came close to what you're doing because like even when i was doing stand-up i was talking more about drugs and crime yeah. like i i was kind of like well i'm just like i'm gonna go up there and act like a big time criminal not like a big time but a petty criminal the bad dad i do drugs and shit like that and and like uh that you would be I just people loved it. The people that weren't there for stand up. I mean, the people that were there to see stand up really loved what, what I was doing because all the other comics were like trying to be Seinfeld, trying to be a New York or LA comedian in Columbus, Ohio. And it's like, dude, <laughs> you can just be what we are. I mean, I, I did it because I thought maybe there'd be a job in FM radio. <laughs> uh, but I ended up doing it. I wouldn't even take a job in FM radio now. So, yeah. you know, I, I was super impressed be, with, with your, with your special because it was like, it rung so true to me as, as like, uh, uh, it just sounded like a real dude talking about stuff. And it was insanely funny. It was fucking crazy how funny that thing is. I don't like stand up at all. <laughs> Uh, so I, it was I really, really wild how that. funny it was. <laughs> um, uh, like you, I'm also uncomfortable with compliments, so I'll just, but I'll just say thank you. I, I really appreciate that. That's really nice. Um, in Vancouver, so Vancouver is like a really art. It has like an art, but my fucking theory now is a lot of that shit. There's two reasons. One is like, um, you're trying stand up, and stand up in Canada is about selling a lie. 
mm-hmm. like in the fact that like, okay, let's go see like this comedian um, and we got to pay this money and we're going to go and we'll see this person. Cause there's so many people in the crowd. This is a common thing with the Canadian accent. Just fucking fucking. I should be up there. Why the fuck? I'm fucking funny guy. And then like they find out like, so I think some people think that having a job demystifies what um a, being a comedian is but in canada there's only f- there's only fucking seven cities for fuck's sakes that <laughs> you can go and do multiple shows in like i'm doing a tour right now that i might eat my fucking shirt on for these these small like towns all under ten thousand people and stuff like well, it's it's in- <laughs> yeah it's gonna be tough but yeah have you, you come you know, down here ever uh, no, I think Americans have or Canadians maybe have explained it to you. It's so it's uh, it brings in like a bit of like uh, old school fucking protectionist type stuff. But I'm very it's there's a bitterness about being a Canadian comedian. We have to get something called an O1 uh, work, work oh, visa to prove yourself as an exceptional immigrant. Talk, costs anywhere now uh, between ten and fifteen thousand dollars, or you can shoot uh for 20 to 25 grand and try and get a green card however american comedians regardless of talent they don't have to prove anything and they can come up here for a very very one-time small fee and i've worked with some road dogs that i've wanted to and i you know your your listeners get it when i use this phrase it's not like i'm promoting violence but there's been some road dogs i've wanted to put their fucking heads through the wall because they're like just hacky hacky dudes that suck that like would never be able to come up and prove to another country that they deserve to do stand-up and then they're up here and i remember being like oh well you know it's this guy he was he was shitting on my friend while my friend was on stage and he was like well guy doesn't do the road doesn't do the it's like oh well the visa he doesn't have he's waiting on his visa and the guy said what like a credit card yeah made me so fucking angry i think I, I, you know, I, I have actually run into this. I've run into this because I want to bring John down to do some stuff uh, in, in the United States. And also, I would love to bring Chris in of to course. do some stuff. And, like, I think I, I know some lawyers here. And my brother is a lawyer, which is when you said that was your dream <laughs> job. I'm going to tell you something right now. I also... Maybe it is like manual labor dipshits like that end up like this. But I also wanted to be a lawyer. And the reason why is I pictured myself as like a guy that's like really good at arguing. (laughs) You think you're just going to go like you're not like my brother went to law school. He did the whole fucking thing and he hates being a lawyer like he doesn't. It's Mm. not it's not what uh, it's not what he thought it was it's not about like arguing and like mm-hmm. coming up with a good fucking oh i'm gonna i'm gonna save the day with this crazy closing argument it it's less that and more like reading through like big books trying yeah. to figure out like a one paragraph reason why you know you can come in from the from canada to work yeah. in the United States. It's so fucking stupid. And that does make me nuts too, because I do, I I have so much stuff I, I want to, I have so much stuff I want to do. And with, with John and with Stefan and with, with all those guys, like I want to bring them down here, but I don't want them to get in trouble, but yeah, I it's, definitely it's really tough. 
I definitely you can get like. You can I get would banned love, for ten years if you I know, get caught I, doing it. It's I, crazy. I know some wrestlers that got in a lot of trouble for it, but I yeah. wanted to bring them in because I want to bring them to Columbus, Ohio, because I think it would be culture shock and it would be very funny <laughs> to, to bring them to the middle of the fucking country because <laughs> I'm John, sure they've all been to New York and shit. No, John's done curling though, John. So like. I know Minnesota is like Canadians just get it like Minnesota we get instantly the Midwest is different for sure but you know it ain't all fucking Vancouver and SEC TV like we have Alberta Saskatchewan Manitoba it's like yeah I yeah. don't know yeah Columbus because we one thing we don't have up here is college towns uh we definitely yep. do not have that because all the colleges are in cities. There's no like city. I, I'm not saying that Columbus is based off of Ohio State or anything, but I imagine it it's a huge force in the city. I, I will tell you that like it takes a, I, every time I go to a, a college town now and mm -hmm. I see the campus, I'm like, this is it. This is the whole campus. Like I was in New Mexico <laughs> touring in Albuquerque. I go to New Mexico and, uh, I saw the whole, like you could never just look and see like campus takes up a massive part of the city here. Um, but also like, it's the worst place to be in the city <laughs> is on Ohio state campus because it is like, you know, it's young people. It's a bunch of clubs and shit like that. And, and like, uh, it just, it sucks there. The, the, the thing I've noticed is the, the, the thing I want to bring them here for is to like, I think that bringing those guys to bringing those guys to Ohio and going to like a heavy metal festival so that they're around a bunch of the Americans that are like the ones that everybody think are the worst people. <laughs> yeah. Know? Like yeah. The, 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 because I know that like people, I, I don't know you got up there has been getting a lot closer to us. Like as far as like, oh, we right had a people getting elected and shit. We had a, the the trucker convoy. <laughs> I love the that, trucker though. convoy it was, was so fucking insane. There's people like openly. You'll just see. I, I uh, you know, like the minion death call could have some fun with cons Canadian conservative groups just openly calling for hangings of people. The, the Nuremberg. They love making the correlation between the vaccine and the Holocaust is one of the most insane people just, and it's always Canadians. There's a lot of fucking pricks up here to put it, to yeah. put it politely. There's a lot of fucking assholes. There is a lot of mean people. A lot of these people right now, they're baby boomers that just had such a good economy. And in the part of the country I'm from Western Canada, there's always been a fuck Ontario and fuck Quebec mentality because the country competes against each other on Ontario is manufacturing. Western Canada is raw resource extraction. So those two industries, when the dollar is uh, low, that helps Ontario manufacturing because companies will go to manufacture and American companies will go to Ontario to manufacture. When the dollar is high, it's better for us selling our raw goods on, on the market. 
Um, there's just, yeah, there's, there's just this victim mentality for people that are driving $120,000 trucks with their fucking skidoos in the back. They own a four or five bedroom house with the nicest counters you've ever seen, um, that their wife gets plowed on, uh, when the, the husband's on days off, (laughs) that's just my main comment. So much fucking money. It, that is the thing I think that like, the 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 conservatives may drive me the craziest because they make so much fucking money and then like it's like these trump guys that are driving around in these really expensive trucks that own like a fucking by the way worst job in the world landscaping business that's probably <laughs> worse than roofing i would say mm. is is landscaping um landscaping or, in uh, vancouver is a year round job so there's actually that's also that's like and a, probably the most female um inclusive there's quite a few uh women that work in landscaping in vancouver so i've always looked at it as the woke manual labor job um, <laughs> it's not that here it is definitely okay. <laughs> it's it is a year-round job but it, as in like uh snow clearing you know, snow clearing yeah but it doesn't snow that much here either so it's oh, kind of really? Yeah, it snows every year, but only a couple times. And and uh, uh, but like the 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 reason I think lands I I have such a a negative kind of view of of landscaping people is that you know those were the guy those are the people that are working as landscapers. I think are are primarily actually I would say. Uh, uh, maybe undocumented workers of are a mm, lot of okay. the people that do that and then the guys that own the landscaping business are as you said the the jet ski like a fucking jet ski they live in a fucking McMansion. i'm starting to understand now and there's yeah. just fucking it, it's like an easy i think it's like a cheap con- construction company to get into because you don't have to buy I don't think you have to buy as much building materials. You buy the lawn mowers. And yeah, the if you're if, if you're in the maintenance business where you're just reeking, reeking, uh, raking, <laughs> blowing, mowing, and edge trimming, you can you can do that with a, a used Ford Ranger, and you can start yeah. from the ground up. Yeah, I get why you would fucking hate these people. So they benefit from exploited labor. And then they like throw a Trump sticker on the truck and they're like, get these fucking immigrants out. Oh yeah. yeah that would but piss I feel me like, off. That would piss me off too. I feel like you guys are probably headed in. I've, I've, I think I talked about this with John too, where it's like, I think you guys are kind of headed in the same direction. The hundred percent kind of Trump thing. You just, I think maybe like, Actually, no, I, I was going to say you have a better sensibility, but I did do a podcast about Don Cherry. So, and, and, and John oh, said man. he thinks Don Cherry would make a run for prime minister. If <laughs> like he, he was younger, he would, run. He, he could, he might not be the thing in Canada is Quebec is, is such a, a big thing. And a guy like Don Cherry could never win Quebec, but our current guy, he sounds made up. His name is uh, Pierre Paulevier. And he uh, he's only ever been a politician. He got elected into our House of Commons when he was like 20 or something. It's fucking crazy. He got a full pension at age 30. 
Uh, he's the leader of the conservative party. He's never had a job. He recently told everyone to invest in Bitcoin and shit, like saying Bitcoin's nice. the future. He's a very online guy. He got in a scandal up here because all of his YouTube videos were tagged with misogyny. So if you were looking for misogyny <laughs> videos, his fucking official campaign shit or his like official <laughs> political videos would come up. He knows how to play the online game. He has dead, dead shark like eyes, a career politician. And he is going to, the big thing up here is defund the CBC. The CBC is like oh, PBS. Yeah. Uh, it's a cross between PBS and the BBC. Um, they want it gutted. It, it does take a lot of uh, federal money. That's the big one. The CBC will be gutted. I really feel like they're coming for our universal. They're trying to claw away uh, universal oh, yeah. healthcare. They're really gunning for that. And um, right, I mean, right now, the conservative premier of the province of Ontario just made striking illegally. QP, uh, all the education uh, support workers went on strike and they're trying to find them $4,000 a day per person, I believe is what it is. Huh. It's getting ugly. Like, the conservative movement is is getting pretty ugly up here, and the lib the need like Justin Trudeau is the face of like uh, impotent neoliberalism to yeah. me. Of like, hey, it's diversity in the front, the way things always are in the back, uh, socially, financially. Every he did he has done some good things, um, but yeah, he's he's like hated. People openly call for killing him all the time the big thing here is uh what they are is uh fuck with the the c uh is a canadian maple leaf instead of or sorry a u a canadian maple leaf instead of the u uh, so it's f canadian maple leaf ck trudeau stickers that's our let's go brandon they're fucking everywhere it's wild and and you know when you're talking about like and i i, I will say this i think it makes me nuts to see like working people galvanize behind Donald Trump or like these, these guys that have like fucking never worked a day in their life. A day. Like, and, and they believe I, I sincerely think that a lot of those people believe that like doing what Trump does is hard. Like it's hard work. <laughs> and it's like, guys, I mean, no, it's extremely, I, I used to think uh, uh, before I made my living, doing what I do and met a lot of people. I used to think that being a stand-up comedian meant that you take meetings all day. It's like you spend all day <laughs> in meetings with people and then maybe you go to the coffee shop and you write, you know, some jokes and then you go and do your spots at night and then you're done. You can go on tour. But I I I couldn't envision a job that didn't take 8 hours a day, 5 days a week. Like I couldn't even in my mind envision what that would look like. So I didn't think that comedy was like this. I didn't think that being <laughs> a CEO was, was like this. I, 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 I was, you know, sort of like, I, I think I was imposter syndrome for a long time, even when I was making my living as like a, a professional podcaster or whatever. Cause I was just like, I'm not doing anything. I fucking do mm -hmm. a podcast and then I can like just do whatever I want for the rest of the day. And then you start thinking like, well, what about these like CEO guys? Like, what do they do? And they're like Elon Musk. He's not doing fucking anything. 
all it's, day. He's doing nothing. He's on Twitter all day. Yeah, he's a fucking he's a shit poster. It's insane. Yeah, um, the and he Cana- makes the, his living. Like the Canadian, he- the Canadian and comedian in me has to stick up for myself here. My day is fucked, even without a day job, because in Canada, no one buys into you. Um, so right. you don't really have a booking agent. You don't really you do everything yourself. It's fucking insane. So I'm like trying to come up with some Instagram story ads. I apologize for pumping money into Meta. I know it's a shithole, but I got to fucking sell tickets. I got to sell tickets. Things are bad. I could end up homeless around uh, in January if this tour bombs. Um, But (laughs) I wish I could help you. Go see him, obviously, if you're listening to the show. But now I feel like, but I I got, I feel like I got to help you. No, this is my choice. This is my choice. This is my choice. This is, you know, I chose to do this. I took a leave of absence. I'm very lucky and grateful to have a job that would grant me a leave of absence to go do a tour. Um, but yeah, so I got to rent a car. That's another expense. Uh, but so, yeah, so I got to do these Instagram ads. I'm booking interviews and shit myself. I hired a PR agent for the first time, um, for the album. And like in Canada, no one gives a, Canada is like, it's so fine. No one gives a fuck about you. Every Canada, the country is much like every small town in Canada in that no one gives a fuck about you. If you're still here, unless Mm -hmm. you play for the hockey team. That's America. That's- I mean, that and like when we started touring, uh, we would leave. We didn't do like for two years. Didn't perform in Columbus. We we went to like New York and L.A. and all these places, and we drew great, like everywhere. But when we were perform here, uh, fucking nobody cared. Like no it was just like ah, you know, I can have this anytime. And then yeah, so we yeah. we went out and did all these dates all around the country. And then we're like, I guess we'll, we'll try to do something at home again. And it sold out like almost immediately. And was like, so we had to fucking leave and then come back for people to give a fucking shit about us. And I'm sure it's the same way up there. Absolutely more so. So yeah, I got, I got to, I deal with all of that while working a day job. So it always sounds, I'll give you an example. I sound fucking insane to everyone I talk to because there's so many different parts of my life that are um, like, you know, in different areas. So I'll, I'll rip, rip to work on my bike, get off the bike. Okay. All right. Fuck. I'm driving a, a truck with a trailer. Haven't done that in a while. I'm backing in a trailer indoors in this huge arena, setting up for a thing. I boys are watching me and girl. I people are watching me just like, Oh, he's, he's fucked. He's fucked. Oh no, that's not going to correct it. <laughs> people are moving forklifts. I get off my heart rates up. It's my 20 minute break. I call someone I'm just like, okay, like, uh, how can we uh, get it? Like, make something happen on CBC radio. I got to leave my lunch break early to go take a COVID test to be on a Disney set for an acting gig, rush back to work. And then I'm like, okay, does anyone have used chairs they can sell or rent me for a DIY comedy show I'm doing tonight? And then I'm like, then I'm like working in the fucking rain, then back on the break, like, uh, uh, as per my last email, just wanted to check in with this, see where oh. we're at with, uh, if, when we can get these bookings, then fucking taking transit to a show and like, how's everyone doing tonight? You guys having some food and drinking? All right. My name is Ron. <laughs> like it's, it's a crazy, uh, fucking life. 
And uh, yeah, the the bags under my eyes are getting darker and darker. Um, I did. But it's interesting. I, it gives me perspective. I got so lucky that this thing took off after I had already, you know, quit my job for seven years and i like i had been i had been out of the cable company in 2009 this thing took off in like 2016 around the election around chapo kind of mm. taking off and mentioning us and uh yeah. I, I never really had to i i drove for lyft for mm, like a year or so and did this so i go on tour and i get back and have to drive for lyft and i hated it it just it made me fucking nuts and uh uh so i i i didn't have to do two jobs in that way ever except for like the these you know kind of shitty service jobs uh uh you know bussing tables driving for lyft shit like that so like i imagine I know it was for me. It is hard to readjust after tour, you know, like, and also like everybody's <laughs> looking at you, like everybody's looking at you, like, uh, what are you doing here? You weren't, you just touring. <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's uh. so here's, this is, I'm going to say my fucking, my two weeks. Also, I had a podcast about manual labor jobs with two of uh, my buddies who are no longer, uh, I think in comedy. It ended in a weird way, but in 2016, and uh, it was, yeah, one of my big regrets is how I let that uh, piss away because it was right before Patreon boot. And we had fans too, like for a Canadian thing, we were doing, I've seen other people's numbers and I was like, oh fuck, we were actually sitting okay. And we, we got reviewed by the AV club and split cider and shit. Um, yeah. Well, we, we got that, reviewed by them once and I was so excited about it. I was and, so uh, pumped. Yeah, I have these like weird beliefs about like I don't know there's this thing where like when you get reviewed by the AV club or you talk to you do an interview and stuff where you're like I think this is going to be the thing that changes and then when yeah. you do it nothing happens and you're like what the fuck cuz all yeah. you hear growing up is like you just got to <laughs> get on fucking Letterman man you just got to get on David Letterman and your career <laughs> has taken off so like yeah. there is that like i like doing guest spots on people's stuff obviously it's fun and stuff but like i as far as promotion goes i've always had this like weird like i i don't know what works in mm. in promotion in that like with with flyers right i don't <laughs> i i always say there is not a single person that sees a flyer and then says i'm gonna go to this comedy show i just yeah. don't think that happens ever Mani manipulating people through social media is a fucked up thing to do but yeah this is I'll, i'm gonna give you this is my next three weeks brian so i'm going to uh look up the best way to manipulate people in small towns with instagram stories and facebook stories i'm uh, gonna do like a little sizzle reel um lie say tickets are almost sold out create false scarcity the so then they'll want to act on that um then that's i'm good. going that's a good yeah. move though the false scarcity move i mean because people will buy them if they if they're like fuck i think this dude is uh yeah hang on, this guy's headed to some bill burr land or something and yeah and that is not the case tickets are, are quite bad very stressful then i'm going to uh do a uh keep doing that and then i'm going to do go on for my first ever legit acting role 
uh, for a show. I'm going to get off that set. I'm going to go in a car share program, which I'm not approved of for uh, yet, which is stressing me out to a level I did not know was possible. I uh, had such a bad uh, 20s with drinking and drug use that um, I do not have a credit card, but I do have middle class privilege. My mother has added me to her credit card account. So I have a credit card <laughs> in my name so I can rent a car as a 33 year old man. I'm going to get in a car share. I'm going to drive uh, five hours in a snowy highway to pick up a comedian from Newfoundland in the town of Kelowna. I'm then going to drive seven hours continuously. So I think 13 hours total to Prince George, do two shows, drive six hours to Smithers, do a show, then I think 17 hours to my hometown of Kamloops, do a show, five hours to uh, Vancouver, do a show, um, a ferry, I'm going to be on the Pacific Ocean to go on an island, then drive uh, four hours to Port Hardy to do a show in a theater, then a two-hour drive to Parksville, then a, I'm going to pick up my girlfriend at the ferry terminal, then I'm going to do a weekend in Yakulet um, and Tofino, uh, then I'm going to drive back. I'm going to have a 12 hour sleep and then throw on the steel toe boots. And then I'm working Disney for on ice at the, my day job. <laughs> That's <laughs> so crazy. It's like, I'm going to get off tour and be like, we got to have the rink looking good for Sporky. We got to have it <laughs> shining up good for him. And then That's just try wild, to be like, though. you know, I've, I've done some Disney work myself, guys. <laughs> like, get this freak away from me. <laughs> I've done, I, I, you know, I've toured. We were pretty good at routing and, uh, uh, you know, over time kind of learned how to do it. Um, mm -hmm. Although Canada, I it's mean, there's far. a lot of real Fuck. estate between cities, you know, whereas yeah. with here, it's like, you can do a thing where you're like, I, I drive no more than six hours and you can put a tour together pretty easily with only six hour drives, you yeah. know? So it's a lot, I think, easier up here to pull it off. And then, you know, we did the DIY thing too, sometimes, mm -hmm. and then other times, no, but like, I hated, I, I, I was always like, extremely nervous pulling up to the venue first being like how many tickets we sell and then secondly like do you guys have any of the stuff that's necessary to put a show on because <laughs> we showed up to a place in st louis that didn't have a microphone a pa system <laughs> or a stage they what was and they wouldn't let us close the doors either they wouldn't let us have a door person they said you know uh, people you know can pay to get in if they want to but they can also just come in <laughs> was it a bar what was it it was a bar yeah that oh, somebody yeah, told us shows. would be, would be so, they were like oh it'd be so cool if you play here because it's like got a soviet theme and i was like yeah uh, that sounds great this sounds really fun and we got there and had to go find the like the local iww had a uh had a PA and they brought it in and we set it up. I mean, we didn't make shit on it. We didn't make any fucking money, but, uh, you know, there's always a couple shows where you just don't make any fucking money. We, we paid $800 yeah. to perform in Austin because yeah. they fucked us. You know, we, we were in Austin, Texas and they, I don't, I don't know what the deal was that if we sold a certain amount of booze, <laughs> like that would cover it. And we were like, Oh, well that's easy. You know, it was an amount of money that would have been very possible to yeah. to sell, but they fucking didn't open until we uh, five minutes before we got on stage and closed as soon as we were done. 
so it was like you they fucked they fucked us bad yeah they got us real good but uh i'm excited for you though because going on tour does kick ass like i love touring i like driving around even though it's miserable your your dad would love this so the whole idea was uh, i the whole uh, the comedian is from newfoundland newfoundland is we don't have enough time to explain that place it's a it's an island in canada it's they irish people their heads explode when they meet newfoundlanders they they talk with a, a pretty much an irish accent there boy uh, i've heard uh uh people rapping from canada. there a, a rapper from newfoundland named like i remember it was donnie dumphy he did a song called i'm just i don't remember i have to look him up maybe oh, i can play Danny something having what? a time is it having, having a time? time yeah having a time. i'm just having a time <laughs> Yeah, he's on a tour with a bunch of Newfoundlanders, um, and then they're, uh, we're just going to do some dates, and the idea was to have it on coastal cities in Canada, and then 2023, I go to Newfoundland, because I'm trying to make touring, like, a guy I work with, he put it in perspective, he's like, oh, fuck, like, I wish I could see more of the country. I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, yeah, don't be a fucking, don't be a stick in the mud. I chose to do this, like, enjoy it while I'm there. And one thing you bring back to, people in columbus like ah oh, fuck i can get that anytime it is true that when i like i'll see ads or, or clickbait for restaurants closing and stuff and like they're shutting their doors after 40 years or whatever and i'm like oh i always wanted to go to that place but when i'm in a different city when i'm in a different city i will check out the cool shit because you're the, okay i only have two days to do this whereas i've lived in vancouver there's like touristy spots that people tell me about when they visit. And I'm like, oh, yeah, fuck, I've been meaning to do that. I've lived here, check my watch, 10 years now. It's the longest I've lived in any city in my life. Um, yeah. No, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm the same I'm way. I'm the same way. And, and, like, when I'm on tour, I do tend to eat at the better places in town. Then when I'm at home, there are all these, like, great restaurants, and I'm at Five Guys fucking... <laughs> being bummed because it sucks in there and the food sucks so i know the feeling i'm in tim hortons there's like 12 people just using the wi-fi to play mobile games (laughs) (laughs) well ryan i want to thank you for doing the show with me it was extremely fun and uh thank you so much for having me i'm a huge fan of the of the album uh, manual i really appreciate that Thank and it's so on much. Spotify. And if you're listening to this show, you will love it. I, I promise you. Um, oh, but really you appreciate know, that. Tell people where to uh, also find you on social media. So just so everyone knows, this fucking sucks for me too. <laughs> I hate <laughs> plugging. It feels like shit, but I have to do it. I uh, The only time, the most amount of fo- followers I ever got was I would do a bit where when the truck convoy was happening, where I'd play a truck horn into the microphone and I'd say, if you don't follow me on Instagram, like if I don't get 20 followers, like this continues. Uh, <laughs> and that was the, the so uh, please, I, what I'm going to do is you can hear the album. First of all, manual labor of love. There is a U in uh, labor in Canada. I'm not talking Dayton County, but we do throw up the U cause uh, like Miami, we put in work. And uh, so we, uh, yeah, Manual Labor of Love, it's on Apple Music, it's on uh, Spotify, it's wherever you can purchase. 
um, albums except Bandcamp. I am on uh, Amazon uh, streaming where you or Amazon you can buy. You can stream on Amazon. I am not Ryan Williams, the ukulele guy. I got to make that really fucking clear. That guy is fucking me up right now. He is a ukulele tuner. He plays most of his popular songs are simply metronomes to tune your ukulele. I'm not him. On Amazon, we're trying to get the counts uh, split up, but his ukulele shit is on there. It's stressing me out. Um, Ride ukulele gimmick, though. You should maybe start <laughs> playing ukulele. Lean into it. Absolutely. Ukulele. You, that was a bit of a meme in the 2010s, ukulele girls in comedy. Um, oh, yeah. it, was, it was a thing for sure. Um, but I could bring it back. It's time the working class takes back the ukulele. <laughs> and men. It's finally time for men to take over the ukulele song. Uh, R.Y., uh, just like R.Y. Williams, comic uh, at Twitter, uh, uh, you know, at Rye Williams comic on Twitter, Instagram. Uh, I, I don't think the handles have dropped yet on YouTube, YouTube shorts. Basically, if you enjoy the album, I'm cutting. I'm a very physical comedian. It was very dumb to put out just an album. Uh, I paid to film everything. It's going to get cut up and posted uh, a whole bunch on social media. If you think my social media sucks ass, just maybe stay on it for two months and then you'll start seeing clips come up. Yeah, I <laughs> I have to fucking, I have to plug this shit. I have, something's got to work. The US government looks at your Instagram followers to let you immigrate. That is 100% a fact. No um, fucking way. Yeah, you got big followers. They're more likely to fucking rubber stamp that visa, so. Yeah, I'm trying to get, I like I said, I want to get John here. They just announced like a new metal festival. I and saw that today. That is a sick festival. System of the Down <laughs> fucking headline. Are you kidding me? The corn Deftones. It's, it's all of them together. It's such a yeah. dream to me. But I, I uh, uh, also tickets <laughs> go on sale on the 11th. And it's like, well, I also have an 18 year old daughter and a family and Christmas is coming. Up. So <laughs> figuring out how that's all going to work is, is tough. But I, I think I'll probably get there. It, it, yeah, it's not impossible. But Ryan, I want to thank you for doing this. It, it's thank really so fun. Um, and uh, I will talk to you later. Now I have to tell you, this is how these oh, shows I know. all in. I finish I the episodes up, when I listen. I hang up and it goes away. But I kind of, I'll, I'm gonna message you afterwards anyway because I want, I want to ask you something. But uh, cool. it's great Absolutely. to talk to you, man. Thank have you a so good much. Night. Thank you so much uh, for sticking. Uh, thank you, listeners. Support Brian uh, the Street Fighter Patreon. Niggas can't talk this shit like I talk it because niggas ain't been where I've been. I told niggas that like three years ago. Who better than this other nigga? Who did it like us, nigga? Yeah. Uh, niggas say they nice but don't shake shit up like the butch I got a movie deal but chillin' cause my real life like a book Blue steel knife for the jook so don't be that life that I took And next time you sneak diss me just pay me I write the hook Now look who the bread earner The east side Ted Turner In his business it's best to stay out your feelings to advance further Can't shake the bitch I told her I get the neck but I can't serve you She not my type but I 
pops to connect so I can't curve her Before a bullet wound, it was shit that permanently hurt me In a wheelchair, it was hard to smile on my 36th birthday Being honest, this could be karma I probably deserve in the first place The shit I'm thinking about on the jet that's landing in Burbank Fuck rap, we be back plugging whole units, the worst case These jewels on my shirt say, bitch come here, I don't skirt chase Put us over, and that was my fourth felony, certainly Got a warning, I be in Lewisburg right now if they search me Locked in with plugs, so I know that shit y'all copping no good They get the drop, I'm the type to send fiends to shop in your hood I'm like 95 kg, nigga, I'm with the wolves With me and City Mike and Pippin' for Rodman, got to the bulls uh. Before we talk paper, let's make a simple assessment My little crypto investment was probably triple your necklace On this episode of Flavor of Love, your bitch a contestant So she don't never suck dick the first night, this an exception Hide the paper, someone safe for place, them dicks won't expect it Now calculate how long it's gonna take to get to your weapon No love songs, I kept it gangster 24-7 You crying ass rappers, labels should send y'all niggas to Ellen Hey yo Bush, let me highlight you Wait, Wait, chill, chill, give me one second, nah Y'all niggas like hoes who can talk when y'all done begging, nah Let's talk about the shit that I did to become legend Cause the money not enough no more, I want credit Uh -uh. The money not enough for this, feel like I made too much of it Seven figure deal, tell my plug I'm still hustling Ten year anniversary, Soprano still bubbling A buffalo nigga with a flow nobody fucking with the race I already won, I guess this lap was for victory Doing songs with bigger acts, and they tell me that's going industry But look back at my history, for the past five years It's like my status been tripling, I get back with humility Make no excuses, came to the conclusion that y'all should hate me They wanna do this, but my shooters been cutting off water lately Too rich, too uncaused Rate me on charges, them odds is shaky The feds watch me get an M on TV like I'm Carson Daly Streets tore me apart, my heart cold like an orphan baby The pain, the reminder, I feel like these are the scars that made me Had my best run when I lost shape, of course it's crazy I asked God to bring him back, pray jump out his coffin maybe And all white like I ain't never sinned, but you would never win How you gon' call me Hollywood bitch, and you ain't never been You know my regiment, CLS Benz, that I ain't never in First thing she do is tell her friend if I ever let her in They wanna know how I'm up off records that they don't never spend Another 10 steps ahead of them by the time it all settle in When I drop, rappers fucked and it's time, they dead again I got a closet full of measuring cups and their presidents, the butcher nigga